Hello and welcome to another episode of Beyond Grid with me, Robert Young. So I spent the weekend in Florida freezing. Yeah, you heard that right, freezing. There was actually frost on the windshield today when I left for the airport at 5 a.m. The flight was delayed, get this, because they had to taxi the plane to a sunny spot so that the small amount of ice on the wings could thaw. Nicole and I went there to celebrate my niece's wedding shower. She's getting married in March and then moving to Boston uh, with her husband. I'm super excited for her. She's lived in Florida her entire life, so Boston will be quite a change. I think the Northeast is beautiful, and I'm sure she and her husband will have a great time exploring and getting to know each other at the same time, so I'm really excited for them. Today's guest is Tiffany McGinney. She lives in Nashville with her boyfriend, three dogs, and four cats. Yes, she's a huge animal lover. We discuss how she dealt with her mom's passing at such the early age of nine, her divorce, and what prompted her to pick up and move to Nashville. She's heavily into fitness. She does CrossFit. She's a blue belt in jujitsu. She's also an OR nurse and an Airbnb property owner. So she is a very busy person, very driven person. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, a hot tea, and enjoy the show. Tiffany, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, I'm good. Thanks for coming on the show, taking the time out of your day. Thanks for having me, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we had to reschedule from that snowstorm. I'm glad we did reschedule because I lost Wi-Fi in the mountains and it was it was just a mess. So I'm glad we did it early. Oh uh, yeah, it's uh, we have had snow here in Nashville, which is not, uh, we're not used to that. <laughs> And people freak out, close everything down. And, uh, but finally, but today it's like 60. So it's like, yeah. So now it's really nice. <laughs> I know it's sunny outside today. We just got back from, we flew in this morning from Florida. Uh, I was there. Uh-huh. My niece had a, um, a wedding shower. So went out to Florida to visit her. It was freezing. Oh, God. freezing. This morning we had to scrape, you know, there was frost on the windshield and the plane actually they had to find a sunny spot for the plane so that they could de-ice the wings because can you know where i'm from in michigan where the machines out there to de-ice it oh it's been a little weird yes it has yes i'm i'm kind of ready for some spring and some warm weather i'm not gonna lie (laughs) did you guys get hit with the super cold this weekend oh god yes i just walked outside um because i guess like from the heat warming up everything from, you know, was, everything was freezing. All my plants, cause I'm like a crazy plant lady. Uh, all my pots, like, like some of them were like cracked, I guess, because the quick cold then warm up. I'm, I'm just happy that it's back to just like a fleecy weather. I'm good. Yes. <laughs> I like fleecy winters. Yes. <laughs> I can deal with that. You know, now with the weather, I enjoy the, the cooler weather. And sometimes I enjoy the cold weather. Florida. It, it was supposed to be 61, 62 yesterday. I don't think it got above 51, 52. Oh my so they God. were off. So my wife wore this dress to the, <laughs> the shower and just froze. Cause it froze it all bless her heart. Oh, God. That's the worst. So what do you got going on right now? Tell tell me a little bit about yourself. Dude, it's uh, been a whirlwind. I'm not going to lie. 
three years ago, I moved here. I've never moved away from a small town. And then I moved to Nashville from Alabama, which is not that far, I know, but to our family, it is. And moved here, started a new job. Um, I actually went through a divorce as well at the same time. And then just fast forward, I have three properties now that I'm owning and Airbnb and trying to build this mm. empire here. <laughs> Is it, uh, are the Airbnbs right there? And they're in Nashville. East Nashville. I'm actually in one right now. It's in the other side of my duplex. So I live in the other side and our Airbnb this side. And uh, the other one that I just bought is right down the road. And it was, it was brand new as a brand new construction. Um, it's a, we all call them here, tall skinnies. And uh, it's a three level, a lot of stairs, but it's just three straight tall uh, house with a rooftop patio. That one is, that's what I've been working on the most right now is uh, just trying to get it furnished. You want your Airbnb to be unique. You want it to be an experience because I have figured that out that people will pay more for an experience. They don't want what they have at home. They don't want the same decor. They want some funky wallpaper, something that is Instagrammable that they can take pictures with. And uh, so I've, I've done the whole greenery wall with the neon sign that says like, howdy y'all on it. And I'm working on a accent wall that uh, has like matte black and it has like wooden like slats going down and everything. So I'm getting to do like my interior design side now, <laughs> which is fun. I really enjoy it. Are, are they, uh, are the properties close to downtown? Yes. Yeah, so the one I'm in right now, uh, I mean, it can take like seven minutes downtown on like a good day without, cause uh, we actually live right by Titan stadium as well. Okay. So if it's a game day, mm. it's a little, little trafficy, but the other one is actually right off the interstate. So it's five minutes to Opry Mills, the mall. Um, and then it's just a straight shot to downtown. So it can take about 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Let's go back to you guys moving. So you moved there with your ex. Well, mm-hmm. now ex. Yep. Um, did that happen pretty quickly after you moved that you guys got? It did. So I, I actually, I was very happy in Birmingham. I was, I had my dream job. I actually, so I'm an RN in the operating room. Um, and I love plastic surgery is like my favorite just like in, in like reconstruction and um, just because it's, it's, it's not always sad, you know, like I see a lot of sad stuff um, in the hospital, but I, I really gravitated towards plastics and like reconstruction and things um, just because it was actually happy, you know? And so I actually helped these two plastic surgeons open their own one day surgery center. Um, and so I became this uh, surgeon's like kind of right hand. I performed surgeries with him, did clinics, uh, did all of his orders, like rounded on patients. I mean, I was I was working like probably close to 80 hours a week, but I enjoyed it. Like I loved it. It was okay. he was awesome. It was so fun. Um, anyway, loving my job. My ex, we had been together for 14 years total, married for seven. And, you know, people change. We we're high school sweethearts, you know, and things. I mean, people do change. It does. It's just, Mm -hmm. 
he struggled with some, just some like very negative, like negativity a lot. Um, I tend to be more of a optimistic, more of a positive side person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that I'm always super duper, you know, I do have my, my, my days, but, um, he really just, he couldn't, he was not happy that I was happy with my job. He wanted, he thought he needed to be happy with his as well, which he did. He did. But anyway, he found this job in Nashville and he said, this will make my life happy. And I said, well, I'm going to give this one last shot. And, you know, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe this is the way it's supposed to be. And uh, uprooted my life from my entire family from, you know, my mom's side, my dad's side, everybody and moved here. And within six months we were divorced and it was, it was just rough. It was, it was a lot in, even for a relationship that was kind of on the rocks a little bit before it probably was not the best idea to take on all that. Right. Um, but I honestly didn't know what else to do. I was just, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, if, if, if you think that this is going to help you, then let's do it. You know? Yeah. Trying to make it work. Yes, exactly. I was just trying and, uh, it just didn't. And so then that was my first time being, I guess, single, like Mm -hmm. since high school. (laughs) Wow. So why didn't you pack up and move on back? Uh, Well, so he did move back and I don't, I, I kind of, I made a life here. I, I met, you know, friends and I actually enjoyed my job. And I had always wanted to kind of, I've, I've never been the traditional person in my family. A lot of people, you know, or my, like all my friends from high school, they're on like their fourth kid, you know, and I'm not yet. <laughs> I just, I got uh, three dogs and four cats and they're a handful. And um, I just, it just hasn't hit me yet. And I'm just, I'm just not one of these people that just because someone tells me, you know, you should be doing this or you should be settling down. Then I'm yeah. like, mm, no, not quite ready yet. Right, maybe. Um, but it didn't, you know, like that's, I got married when I was 22 and he was 24 and we did that because we thought that that's what you're supposed to do nah. when you're from a small town. That's what you're supposed to do. And if I would have been completely honest with myself, I would have been like, is this really what you want to do? Is this it? And I think we all go through that. Somebody uh, surprised interviewed me the the other day. And my first marriage, I've been married and divorced. I was 19. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And that was like, well, my parents got married early. So I think that's what you do. And I told them, I said, man, if we would have just said like, that no, we shouldn't be doing this and cut it there and and moved on. But it is what it is. You gotta you gotta do what you gotta do and and learn mm-hmm. and grow and whatever. We did. And you know, yeah, like I would not be the person that I am today if I've learned so much. And I mean, I'm I'm really thankful that we did not, you know, bend to the pressure of having kids because yeah. I can imagine having kids going through that, what we went through. Um mm-hmm. And moving and oh my gosh, like it was just a lot. And the town that we're from, if you go to Publix, you're going to see somebody, you know, from high school. And 
that's probably one of the reasons why I don't really go back very often. I know it sounds terrible, but it's like I've been through a lot of therapy sessions because I'm like, I just can't, I, I don't, I got to process this and I'm just, I'm processing it and uh, trying to, you know, learn boundaries and like, okay, just take your time. Probably the most impatient person ever. I like to get it done and, I, and I'm a fixer and I like to fix it. <laughs> and, I, and, and a lot of times that that doesn't work. Yeah, right? exactly. When, yeah. um, so a small town, you grew up in, in a small town in Alabama. Yes. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody's business. You know, you're going to parents see- grow up there. Is it one of those where they grew up there? Their mom and dad grew up there. Like everybody Oh yes, my mom was the uh, was a homecoming queen. Was you know my my dad? Everybody knew my dad. He he was a pilot, and uh, the story that I hear all the time, and from strangers anywhere, they're like, "Oh, your dad was the one that landed the plane on the interstate," and I was like, "Yep, that's him. <laughs> yeah, that's him." He ran out of gas and he, he flew, um, private planes and uh-huh. he ran out of gas and he landed on the interstate and oh my God. luckily, and it, it, made, it like made the paper and all this stuff and everybody, but people remember that every time I go home, they're like, Oh, that's your dad. I'm like, yeah, it is. That's yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's him. So, so does he still fly? He, I think he might've he does sometimes like my brother actually um, was getting his his private pilot license as well because he was wanting to be a pilot as well. But um, he kind of got the the real estate bug as well, like I did. And so (laughs) and so they're they're kind of doing that now. And my dad has some rental properties, too. So. So are you into real estate when you were in Alabama or did that was that new? I, I actually wanted to do it. Back okay, so I don't know if you're familiar with the area or not, but uh, downtown Birmingham has really grown a ton. Um, and there's a place in like North Birmingham, they started back about five years ago, five, six years ago, they started really bringing in breweries. And I could tell, I was like, this is going to be when they start bringing breweries in and things like that. I'm like, okay, something's gonna, you know, and they have cute little houses, like, this is going to be the next area. And um, actually with my ex, I wanted to buy this house. It was like $100,000 and it was beautiful. I mean, it was, it just needed, I could see like had so much character and it could be even a duplex. It just had a lot of potential, but probably also one of the biggest things that was very different with us is that he was, he couldn't take risk, like okay. no risk at all. Um, I'm a risk taker and in and, and this business, you have to be. The house that I'm sitting in right now, I bought this house without even seeing it. My real estate agent was like, called me while I was at work. I was, I was in the operating room and he said, you have to buy this house. Like you have to do it right now. And I'm like, uh, I've never even seen it. I don't, I, don't, I don't know anything about it. Like, is it, is it going to fall off the hill? Is it, you know, whatever. He's like, you got to do it now. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And I gave him the green light and I was like, do it. And so we bought it. And, um, yeah, it was uh, it was wild, but anyway, it's risk is the name of the game in this. Smart risk, like, exactly. Smart, do your research, and but yeah, like back home, my ex would not take risk at all. He, which is not, I mean, he he wanted to hoard money and like keep it safety. Yeah, and yep. and it was he was 
he was all about, I, I will say, he was very, very good about taking care of his family. He, he was. And, um, but I just, I wanted to do more and I could see this potential. And we ended up missing out on that house. And then a year later, that house was worth 750000 Oh my gosh. And they didn't even hardly do anything to it. Like didn't do, didn't make it a duplex, didn't do anything. And I was just like, okay, all right. <laughs> and I just really liked it. And so I, I kind of thought it was going to be a dream that I never got to do though, until I, I moved here and just did it. You're very passionate about it. That's fun. Uh, I, I love it. So you went through a pretty tragic experience when you were nine, mm-hmm. when you lost your mom. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that? How'd you get through it? Um, funny thing. So when you're nine, that's like the age where you you build up a lot of like in your mind, you can you still have that imagination of a young, you know, kid, but you also can see things for what they really are. Um, in my mind, I wanted everything to be normal. I kind of, uh, the day that I found out that my mom passed away was, I was actually at Kara's, my, my cousin Kara's house. And, um, I stayed over there all the time. And I remember waking up and I looked up in my my aunt and my dad were standing there and they told me your mom passed away this morning. And I said, I got to go to school. That was the first thing I said. And I was, and they were like, you don't have to go to, no, it's okay. You you don't have to go to school. I was like, yeah, no, I got to go to school. And so I went to school and I wanted it to be normal. I just, I remember blocking. I didn't cry. I didn't, um, I just got dressed normal day. And instantly, I think my family, not, not necessarily my dad, but my aunts and my grandmothers, and they were kind of like, this isn't normal for her to just not be acknowledging it. So we, long story short, they, they started getting me into, you know, seeing like a child therapist, you know, just to try to gauge where I was. Cause I was very private as a kid. Like I was, I was kind of the quiet one. Um, but I was, um, like a dared, but I was different too. Like I was the girl on the softball team that wore my hat backwards and they were like, she's just really quiet, but she's quirky, <laughs> you know? And so I just kind of acted like it didn't happen. Honestly, I built up a wall and um, when the therapy at like, like when the therapist asked me, she said, so how long do you think that this whole process from the time that your mom got sick to the time she passed away? How, how long was it? And I said, three years, three years. And, you know, and I could name off events and, um, you know, timeline of kind of when things happened. And then they were like, Tiffany, it's only been a year. Mm. And I was like, Oh, you know, what are you talking about? It's been three years. And, you know, then it kind of started clicking that I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm not wanting to process this right now. I didn't want to. I, um, also my family saw it was weak to cry. Like you don't cry. Like it's, we are very, my, my dad, I love my dad. He did the best he could. 
with, he lost the love of his life and he had a one-year-old and a nine-year-old and I don't blame, I mean, he did what he could. And my, my, and, and like I said, coming from a small town, everybody knew everything. So they would also know, well, the daughter's in therapy. Oh, what's wrong with her? You know, start talking. So he tried to be like, you don't need that. You don't need that. You're fine. You got it. You know? Um, and so I kind of did, I just pushed it back. I, I, I just, I just kind of didn't deal with it for a long time. And then about 13, 14, which is about the time of the of years that a girl needs her mom, you know, you, you start going through life changes, you have questions, you just, you really wish that you had that person there. And, um, um, that's when things started registering. Holy crap. She's not here. Like, Oh my God. Like what? And that's when I started grieving. That was, I was in seventh, sixth and seventh grade. I think I, I, I cried probably every day for about a year, like just random times. Like I, I didn't, I never knew I, I was, I was kind of chunky too, because, you know, you go through that stage of life and you kind of get chunky, yeah. <laughs> you know, your you know, it's just like that awkward stage, you know, you're just yep. ugh, had braces and my hair was awful and uh, my skin was awful and I was a little chunky. And I just, I really, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to, I mean, like I had my grandmothers there that were, you know, trying to fill this void. Um, my dad, <laughs> Okay. And this, this is just a really funny story, but I'll never forget this though. And I'll, I remember what I was wearing, where we were on the way to school. He would drive me to school with my brother and we'd sit, he had a Ford F-150, like black truck. And I sat on this outside. My brother was in the middle and we're just driving quietly. And my dad's a quiet person. And that's, that's probably where I get my introvertness from is I can sit in quiet forever. It does not bother me at all. <laughs> um, but we were just driving. It was probably about like seven fifteen in the morning. And he just all of a sudden, just out of nowhere says, have you started your period yet? And I was like, I was mortified. <laughs> I was like, Dad, no, no. I was just like, I just turned to the window and I was just like, no. And I was just so embarrassed. I was just like, oh my God. I was just, oh God. And I remember it. And my brother was like, what? And then after that, he just never, he was like, I'm not doing that again. Nope. <laughs> probably took him so much because he probably knew like, this is going to happen. And, you know, it, it probably took everything for him. To <laughs> because like my dad is like, he's, he's very just like business, you know, like he's, he's just not one of those dads that like talks about that stuff, you know? And I was just like, don't, don't. And then every time after that, he sent like my grandmothers or my aunt or somebody to like figure this out, please. <laughs> now, they had like a therapist for you when you were younger, when it first happened. Mm -hmm. Now that you're older and you're like, well, this is like, this is going on. Were you seeing anybody at that point? Did you go back to see somebody? So when I went through it about sixth, seventh grade, the school counselor was she was amazing and I'll, I'll never forget her name miss jeff she was 
she really had an impact on me. Um, I don't I like, I really don't think she even knew she really did, but, um, she would just let me come into her office and just like have a minute and just talk to me and just kind of calm me down. And, you know, cause I didn't really understand why I was crying. I was like, I just don't understand why I'm crying. I was like, I'm just sad. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it, that, that, that was kind of my therapy. And that's about the same time that I found sports as well. I found soccer and I, I was like, okay, I kind of want to start going back to sports. Like I've always been into sports, but I kind of, during that little short time there, I took a little break. I just, I, and, and the weird thing is, I'm like, why did I ever take a break from that? I really don't remember why, but I did. And then I, you know, kind of once I've got that, I figured out that you're, you're grieving. And I cried a lot, kind of figured that out. And then I kind of went into sports again and played third soccer, wanting to lose the weight that I had gained because I was feeling like I was just like feeling gross. And like, mm-hmm. I, I was like, maybe this will help, you know, and my grandmother, she helped me because grandparents can be very blunt, you know, sometimes. <laughs> and she was like, you're putting on a few. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, all right. Thank you, Grand. Thank you. <laughs> Did you become the kind of like the, did you have to take on the mom role with your brother Um, or were you kind of sheltered from that a little bit? So my mom and dad were literally Barbie and Ken. Like they, we, that's what people called our family was the Barbie family. My mom and my dad had their own businesses. They were completely like successful. They were both like bodybuilders, like very into their physiques and um, you know, and like all this happened so quickly. She was 35 when she had this, uh, colon cancer. Um, the first time it erupted was, I guess when I was like, right at like I turned nine and mm-hmm. she had, it was like right before like my brother and everything like got like, like before she was pregnant, but, um, and then they got rid of it and then she got sick again. I know it's like a ton, like in one year, all, all this happened and she became pregnant with my brother. And, um, as soon as after she had him, that was kind of when things like she really got sick and we knew it was like towards the end. All that said, it was very, it was, it was a very, very big shock to our family. We were not used to losing people like that, like that, you know, it was just very out of nowhere. And my dad being his own business owner. He's never, you know, worked for anyone or done, you know, he, he's always had his own thing. My brother basically went with his mom, my, my grandmother, and I went with my mom's mom, uh, Gran, is what I call her. And uh, that was kind of how he could, you know, afford childcare and make sure we were both taken care of because okay. I was, I was also in that little crappy bratty teenager girl age <laughs> where, you know, and he was just trying to make sure I was out of staying out of trouble. And so, but no, I, me and my brother, we've always been friends. Like we're, we're nine years apart and we've always been more like friends. So it's good. Are you still close to him? Uh, oh yeah. So we actually talk a lot. He, um, he's a real estate agent in Birmingham and he's actually doing very well. He's really good with people and he's handsome and he just, he's doing, he's kind of found his niche there. And, um, we didn't plan to get into this real estate thing at the same time, but I kind of got into the opposite end where he got into the selling end, but yeah, we, we still talk weird. We have one of those relationships that 
which to me is like the best kind of relationship is when you can be apart and not talk for a long time. But then when you do, you pick up like you never left off. Yeah. No, that's those the, are good to have. Yeah. <laughs> so, and through this, you went to college. Did mm-hmm. you go to college right after, right out of high school? I did. Um, I was not a party girl. Like I was not, I was a jock in high school. I was friends with all the popular crowd, but I just kind of did my own thing. I was kind of a loner and I was actually dating my now, you know, my ex husband, we were in high school and uh, we both went to UAB. I was going to be a dentist and I, (laughs) and I actually went through the whole pro like the program I was getting into it. And then I was just like, I don't want to do this. I I just don't, the, the politics of it, I just don't think I want to deal with that side. So um, went to nursing school at UAB and I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be because of my mom and every, like, I remember the nurses taking care of her and they were phenomenal. And I just remember I wanted to be part of that, like, and hopefully have that impact on somebody somewhere. Are you, and you're nursing right now in in Nashville? Yes. Are you working in the operating room? Yes. So I'm actually an RNFA, which is a registered nurse first assist because there's so many fields with nursing. You can go, you do so many things, but I like to be in it. Like I want to be like up there at the table in it. Like I I don't want to be on the sideline. So okay. uh, a first assist is someone who basically is the surgeon's right hand. I can do everything that he asked me to do from dissecting tissue to incising to, and then I, and then I'm usually the one that closes the patient. So I'm, I'm suturing at the end and uh, while he goes on, moves on to the next or whatever he needs to do. (laughs) Are you in a practice or are you in a hospital? I'm in a hospital. Okay. Yeah. So that's a little different from the, the practice when you were in Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, not what I was expecting. And honestly, when I first started this job, I was like, I didn't want to be here. Like, I just like, I wanted to go back home so bad because I wanted it to be what that was. But I finally found my, my feel here and yeah. And I got into plastics a bit here. So that's kind of what I do a lot here is like, like a lot of breast cancer reconstruction, things like that is what I do. That's exciting. Yeah. I love it. You know, to get in there and, and to do it and, and back in your field. So college, you moved over there, you're, you're into nursing, um, but you're big into your fitness too. So yeah. you CrossFit. Okay. So moved to Nashville. I had never, I had been doing CrossFit on off YouTube videos. Okay. okay? I was doing the old school, like Googling wads and I was like, learning all the lingo. I didn't, I wasn't in a gym in Birmingham or anything like that. And then uh, moved here, started at CrossFit 615, which is now urban fitness, but oh my God, it was, I, I fell in love instantly. Like it was so fun. And I did my first competition and I won and I was like, what is this, this is insane. And I was hooked from, yeah. yeah, I love it. It's so fun. And then your blue belt and jujitsu. I am. Yes. Actually went this morning to jiu-jitsu. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like, I thought that being, you know, in pretty decent shape in CrossFit, I was like, okay, I can do this. I was like, let's go, you know, it'd be good. That is, it is a different, uh, cardio than anything. I mean, you, you can run miles and, you know, in CrossFit, you know, do 
push-ups, pull-up, I mean, everything, do Murph, you know, it's totally, but this, you, you do, you roll for five minutes, you're dead. Like <laughs> you're exhausted. And, but I love it though. Like choking people. It's really fun. <laughs> when did you find this? Did you find this in Nashville? I did. Um, so my boyfriend, Rob now, huh, Rob, huh, I just made that connection. <laughs> Sorry, Rob, um, he actually owned or he was a past owner of a CrossFit gym here. And we met like after my divorce and everything. And um, we competed a lot. We were friends and he was like, you've been good at jujitsu. And I was like, what's that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> and he was like, just try. I was like, people in my space, like, and there's only like, there's a handful of girls that do it. Like it's mostly a male dominated sport. And so I walk into this, it's it's called a um, Na- Nashville MMA and it was like in a basement and no air conditioning, no heat. Um, you walk in, I mean, it looks like Rocky's been, you know, hitting the bags there or something. It's just uh-huh. grimy. And, and you see these people on the ground, just like grappling and rolling, you know, and I was like, what the heck is going on? And he, like, um, they're going to be, because like you, you have somebody's butt in your face like this, like, I mean, it's just, there, there is no space. Like you're like, everybody's just understanding, like you're going to be in my space. So I did it. And I was like, I was actually strong from CrossFit. And so I could throw these guys. Like, I was like, holy crap, I can do that. Like, oh my God. And then after that, like I was hooked. I was like, okay, this is fun. And then I figured out judo is a thing in it too. And that's like literally, you know, when you hit toss somebody in a, God, that there's nothing better than throwing a full grown man over your head. It is yeah. so fun. That's crazy. <laughs> what did you think that attributed? I mean, you, you came out there and you're away from your house and you're away from your people in Alabama. And you're like, I don't I really like it but you stuck to it and you stuck there. What do you mm-hmm. think helped you get over that hump? Um, honestly, I've known a lot of, you know, actually a lot of people that have lost their mothers or their dads. I've actually made a lot of connections with people like that um, just through social media or people, you know, that, you know, through friends of friends. And they always seem to use that as like a excuse as like a crutch or something, or as like a, you know, and they don't do as well for some reason. And I'm like, why? I, I've never understood that. Um, I mean, I guess I could use it as a, you know, when my mom died when I was nine and, you know, I didn't get to have this or that and do this, you know, but it honestly, I was just, I just wanted to be successful. And I, that's the way I've always been. Like, it's it's hard to, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's just this, I really, I didn't have help from my dad or anything like that when I moved here. Um, he couldn't give me, you know, any money or anything like that or help me. Um, so I was like, you gotta do it, man. Like you gotta, you just gotta do this. And honestly, having Rob here, he like believes he actually believes like in my ideas, like that's, that, that's something that is huge for me too, is somebody that can, like, if I have an idea about a space or something, I'm like, wait, like, I know that sounds crazy, but what do you think? And he's like, do it, babe. And he's like, I think, you know, you, you can do it. Even like a jujitsu and stuff like that. Like I'll be in a match and 
I'm getting a little discouraged because, you know, I don't know, like these girls are big or something, you know, it's like, this is, he's like, Tiffany, he's like, you're a badass. He's like, you know, fucking do this. He's like, go get them. And, (laughs) and he's, and he encourages me to even like beat him up, you know, like in jujitsu, like he's like, I want you to be better than me. He was like, I, I know you can, I mean, you can do this. He, He was like, you just have this energy that you can be better than any of these people. And he was like, he's like my hype man. You know, Mm -hmm. he like, he just, he's always there to whenever I'm getting down or feeling, you know, just defeated. He's just there to like hype me back up and be like, you got it. You're, you're good. And I'm so insanely lucky to have found him like, and him even getting me kind of into this real estate as well. Cause he owned a property too. And he kind of just reassured like my thoughts and like what I wanted to do. And I was like, can I even do this? And he's like, uh, yeah, you can do it. I was like, are you sure? Uh, I, I've never even done taxes before. I don't even know how to do taxes. I don't even know how to do any. Uh, figure it out. I don't. Yeah. And he's like, babe, we'll figure it out. Figure we'll it out. And I mean, he's behind me, pushing me up and holding me up. So That's awesome. <laughs> How long have you been together with him? Um, it's been about three years in February. Oh, good. So yeah. So he's rocking and rolling. Yeah, we are. He's he has a pretty insane story too. He went from a CrossFit gym owner to a truck driver to getting, and that's how he got his money to buy his properties. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's kind of, and we kind of just bonded over that. And um, yeah, it, it's just about having your team and being yeah. a team and having that partnership. And I know some people aren't, you know, lucky enough to have that, um, especially after, you know, if, they, if they've gone through a lot in their life, but just don't yeah. give up. So you've got, you've got how many properties? Three, you've got three. And mm-hmm. do you, is this like your long-term game um, and still stay at the hospital, but do this? Or are you, what, what are you looking to do? What are your like goals, your five-year, 10-year? I recently, when we, cause we just closed on this new house, December 23rd. And it, it was a out of nowhere thing. It was very, very, that's the thing that happens in this real estate life is that you're like, nothing's on the market, nothing's on the market. And bam, yeah, okay, now there is, and you've got to buy it now. And so for a while, I was kind of like, I don't know what's really going to happen. But now that we have this property, I have a goal now to be able to at least go down to part-time or completely be able to quit my job by the end of the year and be like have total freedom of um, and just be able to do this full-time. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, this new property. I, I honestly, I didn't think that Airbnb could, you could really get that much income, you know, just because it's not always a sure thing. You know, it's not like long-term renters. It's just people that book and you're just like, please book, please. <laughs> you know, you a higher cost, you know, like a higher daily cost than you oh, would yeah. for mm-hmm. you know, a full-time renter. Exactly. And you're in a great city. Mm-hmm. And it gives you to where you're far enough outside of the the craziness. Yes. And then visit it when you want to and get oh, out of it. Oh, Broadway. Want to get out of it. Yeah. Lord. Right. <laughs> right. I don't know if you've ever been there, but Lord, that mm, that's a crazy place. It's a crazy place. <laughs> I've been there a couple of times. 
Lord. Now are you looking to, to do you want to stay in that Airbnb space or have you guys, you know, thought about other, you know, properties? After this one, I would really like to kind of start looking at vacation spot houses, like and properties, places that you would want to vacation at, or that we want to vacation at, you know, so then we can use it for that. So after this, after we get this kind of up and going and we're making as much money as what it's supposed to be bringing in, we really want to go travel a bit. I've never really been outside of the Southeast very much. Also, small town. That's what that's what happens. You don't really leave it. <laughs> um, but I've never really seen the U.S. Like I've never been to the West Coast. Never. And really even the East Coast. Never been to Charleston. Never. Um, me and my aunt went up to New York a few times a year. Oh my God. I loved it. It was so much fun. But once we get this going, have this place rented out, triplex is rented out. I would like to maybe get thinking to getting like a big RV or something, a big bus or something, and just going and doing, you know, traveling with all of our dogs, our, our animals, and um, maybe do like a travel assignment here and there. Because okay. um, I don't know if you've heard, but Good Lord, the money that travel nursing is making right yes. now is. I've insane. heard that it's insane. Yes. Oh my God. Insane. It's like, I've never, it's not? never been <laughs> Yes. Why I'm like, travel why not? to a different spot and work there. Aren't they like four week stents or six weeks? It's anywhere from four to six to 13 weeks. And okay. um, you're sometimes making like $10,000 a week. Mm. A week. I yeah. mean, be debt free you know, have everything paid off. And then, you know, I mean, it's just something that might, you know, kind of lean more towards, you know, you never know with this kind of work. It's like, who knows? We might find a, we are, but our long-term 10 years down the road goal is to have a farm. Okay. I I want to live out on some land, have, um, I really want to have a chicken coop and I really want to name it the Koopa Cabana. I really do. (laughs) See? I have to have goals. I do. I dreams. I, and I want these chickens. I don't know if you've ever heard of a modern chicken. And they're these teeny tiny chickens. And they're you don't eat them because you're not going to get anything from them. But they're teeny tiny. And they have these long little skinny legs. And they just like run really fast. <laughs> and they're just hilarious. I don't know. I watched a chicken documentary not too long ago. But um, I just you think get it's from them. You get oh, yeah. eggs. Oh, okay. yeah. You're like tiny little eggs. <laughs> But they're just so cute. I, I like, I, I totally want them. <laughs> funny. That's funny. Well, you know what? I appreciate you sitting down, you know, talking about your story and where can people find your places, your Airbnb places? Wow. So my Instagram, I post things. Uh, my Instagram handle is at Tiffany Rochelle. And I post things on there about our Airbnb journey. Um, our, our newest Airbnb um, is going to be called The Midnight Cowboy. Some of that old, from, from that old movie. Um, but I'll post on there. It's, it's on Airbnb. Any East Nashville um, Airbnbs, you can look it up on the map. Um, but, and I can have the links in my um, Instagram as well. Awesome. Thanks for sharing your stories and your story about your mom coming up and I wish you all the success. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem. (laughs) Nice talking to you. Yep. Have a good one. All righty. See ya. All right. bye. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Beyond Grit with your host, me, Robert Young. 
you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell somebody about it. You can find this podcast on all major podcast platforms. And be sure to tune in every Wednesday for another exciting success story of somebody going beyond grit. Until then, take care.